Hey guys, this is exciting. Today we're so fortunate to be here with Jamie Lynn Sigler. She's best known for her role of Meadow on The Sopranos. This episode's pretty amazing because she's so honest and brave with us as she talks about how she struggles with positivity in her battle with MS. You know, she also speaks about what it means to define yourself as being sick and how you can overcome that. How spirituality actually guided her to her husband and how she handled losing her brother and learning to feel that she actually deserves the good things in her life. What's really cool about this is she gives us so many inspirational takeaways and practical advice that we can all use to check in with ourselves and make sure that we are staying on the right path. But make sure you stay tuned for the end of the podcast where Jamie does a personal practice. She's going to share an excerpt from The Wisdom of Florence Scovel Shin that are beautiful words to meditate on. So we're here with Jamie Lynn Sigler, actress, who's been acting since seven at the time. And she's a beautiful mom, wife, about to be mom of number two, literally any day now. It's mm-hmm. what we were just talking about. Friends. She has like the best group of friends. It's insane. <laughs> and also now a fighter for people struggling with MS. Yeah. And so we're here just to chat. And Jamie's been awesome and supportive of my life too. And what I love about you is you are always so positive. I mean, before your announcement, it's not even like you're putting on. You've always been a positive human being. I think it's one of the things I wrote to you once yeah. when I'm like, you've always just been a positive light wherever you are, whenever you came on set, if you're seeing anyone, if something good happens to somebody else. And I kind of want to start there in the sense of you've had amazing things happen in your life, but it's also not that you are you haven't had your own shit. I mean, no. everyone has their own shit. You've had a lot of stuff in your life too. And I feel like you ride it with such grace. And it doesn't mean I'm sure you've had your moments. And a little bit of what I know about you and we've talked about it is you do turn towards spirituality for mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. So just to start there, and I know maybe I'm starting heavy and maybe I could have started lighter. Yeah, we, okay. we can go back Let's to light, but it. I just Let's realized that's what right came in. up. But but how has like, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit because I do find one thing people say all the time, and I've said this a few times on the show, is, you know, people who tend to be either depressed or having a rough time in life, they think that anyone who's happy or has good fortune are, are very lucky and like nothing bad ever happens to them. And I think you're actually a really perfect example to start talking yes. from there because you're actually very public about some struggles that you've had. So how, how do you, what's the nuance to that and what is the walk that you do with that? Um Well, it's so nice to hear you say that I come across as such a positive person. I think the reason is because it's not because I'm positive all the time. Uh, I struggle with a lot of things. um, And I can't ever think of a time in my life where I wasn't struggling with something. That's even from childhood. From childhood. And um, I think that's like part of like what I'm trying to learn to like that I don't have to like associate like it doesn't have to be that way all the time but I think maybe one of the reasons why it's not seen just like I was putting out positivity because I was intending to I think it's because a lot of especially for the many years of living with the MS in secret I felt very isolated and lonely that when there was the times that I was out with people and would force myself out and put myself out there to work, to audition, to visit friends, whatever it was, it was an opportunity for me to kind of forget about it, avoid it. Um, And so I'm glad I was able to put out the good energy I really wanted to, um, but it didn't mean that I wouldn't go home and then have this the sadness and the darkness at times and I one of the things I feel like I've 
learned that I try to do now with any kind of struggle is that I try and find an opportunity of whatever I can learn from it. Because in the end of the day, I mean, like, I've struggled unnecessarily. And then from things that were felt like were just handed to me, and I didn't choose them. And especially with my MS, the one thing that it's given me, which I'm trying to focus more on what it's given me as opposed to what it's taken away, is it's led me on this spiritual path that I really don't think I would have gone down otherwise. Um, because I kind of didn't have a choice anymore. Um, it was really just an opportunity for me to look within because when you feel like your body's kind of betraying you and you're losing control despite your best efforts, like the only way to find any sort of strength is just like within. And I, I still work on it in a, di- so on a hard. daily basis. Yeah, it's so hard. But in life is throwing you curveballs and tests all the time. But I think that, you know, it's funny that the way my friends would describe me is she's one of the strongest girls I know which, when I feel like I'm so weak physically. But it means it just has a new meaning to me. Strength now. doesn't have to be in a physical form. Absolutely. I and also, think the strength that wins out in the long run is the one that's not physical. Yes. And it's just made me aware of like just behavior. And it's like even just like, you know, we all have issues like with our parents and like girls and their mothers. And like I'm so aware of things like with my mom that would like normally trigger me and whatever. But I just see her now as like a human being and like she struggles with things just because she's my parent doesn't mean she's like you're very close to your family right yeah very close and I mean I they were very involved in my life and I value family and friends very much because um that's always been my support system and the people that have had my back and I and then I think to have any sort of consistency especially in the the business that I'm in and, and everything it's important um, because they know who you are. Exactly. Exactly. And I think to keep those people around to remind you who you are in the times when you feel like you're floundering is really important. Now, you talk a lot about why you came out with The Secret, but let's mm. talk about for a second why you finally turned towards spirituality. And I know you said I had to, but like, what yeah. was that moment for you? It was, so I was, it was right around the time I turned 30. Um, I was single um, and the MS was really starting to like really manifest in the way that I wasn't able to hide it as well. I was able to find excuses. I was able to, I had a back issue so I could blame it on that, things like that, that weren't necessarily lies, but it wasn't the whole story. And it, I was struggling with that. I was struggling with opening up to people. Um, I just felt super lonely and it just felt like life was getting super dark and I didn't know where to turn. And I kept running into this guy, Ryan Weiss. And he used had used to be my agent's assistant. That's how I first met him. And then he also went to high school with one of my best friends. And it was like at Earth Bar at a random restaurant. Like, yeah, I love when Nelson's. he tells us or how he had like, was it when he was like wearing the feather? Feather, <laughs> for sure. And he was like, Jamie, I'm like, Ryan, we just like could not figure out literally two, three times a week we would be in the same place at the same time. So I think we literally said to each other one day, like, we need to go to lunch. What's happening? And we went to lunch and he started to 
explained to me that he just felt this calling to leave the business and become a life coach. And he didn't know what, he didn't know what that meant. He didn't have any clients. And I kind of looked at him and I was like, well, let me be your first. And I, it was a vulnerable moment for both of us and scary. And he's like, I've never done this. I was like, oh, me neither. And we went to Miriam Williamson's apartment who was sort of mentoring Ryan at the time. I just had lunch with her the other day. She's such a force. Amazing. Uh, so being in her presence and her explaining to me, and she was like, what is your spiritual practice? And I was like, um, I wake up every night. <laughs> I write down five things I'm grateful for. Were you actually doing that? Yeah. Which by the way, for some people is huge, I guess. And I was like, and then, you know, five things like I would like, like to happen in my life. And she's like, okay, that's not enough for you. Like, By the way, like, you just almost had her voice perfectly. <laughs> she was like, that's your case is way much, much bigger than that's we need a lot. I love that she called it a case. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay. And I was like crying. And I and she's like, you got this. And Ryan, I think Ryan was nervous about taking me on because he wanted to be able to support me the best he can. And this was new. And we just dove in and we were with each other like three or four times a week. And I started working with A Course in Miracles and I started doing a lesson, like the app on my phone and doing a lesson every day and really committing myself to this practice. I was trying to figure out what meditation meant. I could only do guided at the time because I just didn't. It's hard. So hard. That's why the den exists. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, um, he had me fill out this questionnaire in the beginning and it was like, where would I, who, where, how would I like to see my life? And I remember writing like going to work every day, so happy, um, then excited to come home to somebody that I love, feeling confident despite my physical struggles, feeling like healing was there for me, that I deserved it. And, um, that you deserved it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a big, still something that I struggle with, like guilt and feeling like you deserve it, um, which we can get to. Yeah, after. for sure. But six weeks later, I met my husband. How'd you guys meet? <laughs> totally randomly. My girlfriend called me up and she's like, we're going to go to a club. And I was like, oh, a club. And she's like, come out. I was like, no way. And I don't know, there was like this little voice inside me that was like, just go. And I remember I put on makeup and put on an outfit, which I hadn't done in years. And there was this guy, Cutter, their friend Cutter, that was coming with him, with them. And it was by no means a setup, but I don't know why. I just really like loved talking. He was eight years younger than me. He was a 22-year-old baseball player. Oh, God, like, right. What would I have anything <laughs> to do with this gorgeous little boy, basically? And... I was going over their house all the time because it was pilot season. I was like coaching with my friend and he'd be there and he would read with me. And he was just, I just loved being around him. And whenever I'd go to their house, I'd be like, is Cutter here? And literally two weeks later. Yeah. 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 Joanna. And literally two weeks later, we were in love and it was it. And and I booked guys with kids. Which is when we really, really met. Yeah. I'd known you through like the seasons, but. And it was just. And then Ryan sat me down. He was like, I want you to read this thing that my client filled out. And I was reading it. And it took me like five minutes to realize it was my questionnaire. Wow. Because I didn't recognize the, the girl that was struggling so hard in literally six weeks. And you and what do you think it was just finally? I, I just think it was really finding a practice and 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 
quieting myself down and and just really believing at that time that that I could shift the energy in my life. And it I it wasn't like a moment where I felt like, oh, it's happening. It just was literally happening. And it was just a beautiful time and moment. And also at that same time, I was doing something called Don Yoga. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's this 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 place I found in Koreatown. I was going one-on-one with this woman, Kim. And it's not like the traditional yoga that you think of with positions and stuff. It's like a lot of um, tapping and in certain areas and like screaming the words like I am happy until you really mean it and like working things that was probably out really music. good for you. It was so good. And like because how many years at this point have you been? I mean, you're still keeping a secret, but at least now you're talking with Ryan and you're actually working on it specifically. Right. So at least there's that. You're being truthful to yourself. But you it might have been a secret for like nine years. Right. That's a yeah. lot. That's yeah. just heavy duty on your own physical body. Totally. Totally. And so it was a beautiful time in my life. And I did Cutter now. So when you met him? Uh, yeah. I so told him right Was away. he one of the first people you told when you first met him? Uh, I always told boyfriends in the beginning fairly quickly because uh, I... I mean, it, by that time, it, like, I had to tell him, but even uh, past boyfriends that maybe I could have gone a while and they wouldn't have known anything, it just felt like too big a part of me to not share. And everyone was always very supportive. But for some reason, I think obviously it had to do with the work with Ryan, but also with Cutter just being who he is. It was the first time I really let somebody in to help me. And he also... Like, I remember the the night I told him I fell asleep and I woke up and he was sitting up in bed on his computer and I, he was researching it. Oh, I guess me too. I know. So uh, he's he's been part of the fight with me like every step of the way. And I, I've never had that because even my own parents, while they love me and support me, I think it's really hard for them to accept yeah, that I'm it's hard. You're like the a, little baby. Yeah, so they they don't deal with it. Nobody nobody's dealt with it the way he has. Oh, and that's hard to be around. Now, were yeah. you? Um, and then I want to. I still want to get back to the deserving part. But were you like in growing up? And you said you had your own struggles there too. Were you always like an honest person? Like was keeping the secret even? No, I was always I was always instructed, and I feel like it was in a way to protect me. And I give no fault to my mom at all, but I was very trained to always put on the facade that everything is fine in every aspect in every aspect before ms even came into your life yes even when it wasn't and um things came easy to me uh as a kid um like i just did well in school i got all the leads in the play um and i loved it and it, it was wonderful and i never felt better than anybody else truly um but there's just people when you're young that can be cruel yeah. and jealous. And I hate even to use that word because I just think there's always more behind it. And when my mom had a nice car and I like didn't want her to drop me near the theater so people would see that we had a nice car. Where were you raised? Long Island. Was it definitely like different class? Like, did you feel? Well, I mean, at the theater, yes, because it's, you know, some some adults that are like this is just they're able to find their joy like right after so it was a community theater yes community theater and so I could feel that and I would sit 
as a little girl and pray for something to be wrong with me so that people wouldn't think, so people would not not like me, if that means sense. No, it makes total sense. I just thought they didn't like me because I had a lot. And so I would pray. You were angry that you had a lot. I felt guilty. I felt guilty. You felt guilty from just being, how, like, when do you remember the guilt starting? Was it then Super during young, the theater? Like nine, 10 years old. Yeah. Do you remember an instance of, of the moment? You're like, yep, that's where it began for I, me. It might have been a comment like, oh, Jamie's rich. Or it might have been a comment like, oh, well, Jamie's obviously going to get it or whatever. And, you know, I remember just being young and being like, that's not true. Or you don't know. Or you agree to. And I, I, would just feel bad about yeah. that. And it's so funny because that's like what I'm working so hard to like get back, back to being to. that girl, like owning that like, yeah, I'm great and that's okay. I don't know how to be okay with like, I brought one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite books for you because it's something I have to tell myself all the time because I could sit and write down all the things I want to manifest right now. And then I'll find something that'll be like, it's too much though. You're asking for too much or like the guilt will start to creep in. And it's something that's just been ingrained that I think is like just one of my jobs in this lifetime to really work through. To figure out that you deserve it. We all do. And it's not my fault that somebody may not have as much as I have. Right. But well, that's a lot of guilt to carry. And then what's so interesting is you you were very successful at a young, I mean, at a young age, you were acting in theater. And so it's fascinating that that it's clearly your journey. Cause if you were already feeling guilt at like, let's say nine, and then you just kept going on to be more and more successful, you kept getting what is perceived from the outside world is everything. That's like almost what you kind of were avoiding. So were you struggling with the fact you clearly wanted some of it? You loved acting, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That must've been such a hard internal struggle of wanting it, but also being shamed of it at the same time. Yes. Absolutely. I w- there was a brief period of time where I feel like I was able to let it go a little bit. When was that? When I was, on, I was on Sopranos. It was probably like around the second or third season I had moved out. I was living in New York City by myself in my own apartment. And it just felt like things were just like happy and happening. Work felt seamless. I felt like I belonged. Um... I felt independent. I felt in control. Um, I married a man that was not right for me. Everyone else said he was right. And it's like talking about listening to your intuition. I knew, knew. even though I was 20 years old, I knew it. But I thought everybody else knew better. And he, he rocked me emotionally, you know, for sure. And um, my confidence was shook. And when I went through my divorce at 24, the stress of that and keep, I was even keeping that a secret for a while. The divorce? Uh-huh. Um, my MS, like, all of a sudden came up. When- I was diagnosed at 21, but I was able to kind of hide it hide it, and ignore it because I wasn't symptomatic. It was like- Why were you, how were you diagnosed? So I was diagnosed at 19 with Lyme's disease. So brutal. And- um, I just like went numb in my legs and, uh, they couldn't figure out why I was in ICU for like a week and a half. I remember David Chase, like coming there being like, what's the deal with her? She has to go back to work in like two months. Like what's going to happen? And 
remember a doctor even telling my dad, like, I don't know if she's going to walk again. Like, we don't. And I, it was, I was so, it was in that time where I was so confident that I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's going to be fine. This is not, this is not true. We're going to figure it out. And we did. They gave me some antibiotics some steroids. I learned how to walk again in a day or two and everything was fine. And then about a year and a half later, I was with my ex-husband. I felt extremely overworked. I felt he was managing me as well. I felt like he was like pushing me to go to like every garage opening. Like I was, it was just not who I was. I didn't, I felt compromised. I didn't feel like this is like the career that I wanted. And, um, I kind of felt some tingling in my legs, but I think I was also being a bit dramatic. And I was like, I feel like this is too much physically for me. I want to go see a doctor. But I thought it was going to be nothing because I thought it was I was making an excuse for like so everybody pause. To I need a pause. Yeah. And I went to the hospital and I got diagnosed with MS, which was like, what? You're like, no, no, that's not what it's supposed to be. You're yeah. supposed to tell me I'm dehydrated and I need to stay in the hospital <laughs> exactly. for a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> and I was advised to just keep it a secret. Which is what I always did with everything. Did your husband at the time know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it was just our big secret. Um, and I, and again, like I was starring on Broadway at the time, Beauty and the Beast. Like I was dancing. Everything was fine. But how was it for you? So you are, like you said, you're fine. Like you would not have gone in no. if you probably weren't overworked. You would have felt some tingling and probably would have ignored it, I'm for guessing. Sure. So what is that emotionally? Like when you go home that night, from the hospital, are you? How, how do you even? How do you even reconcile that? Where you're like, you're told you have something that you're gonna have for, yeah. like, live with for the rest of your life that you don't even yet really feel. And frankly, you weren't even going in to even ask those questions. I don't think I processed it at all. I li- I truly was like, great. Where are we going for dinner? I I li- I did not digest it one iota. Um, because I was like, still, you were in a good like, place. Like I was in a good place. Yeah. Like my dream was coming true. I was starring on Broadway. I was on this great TV show. I was about to get married. Like, no, no, this is not happening. And so and I was 21. Right. Like, it just, I wasn't going to let it. Um, Were there times you forgot you even had it? Yeah. Until I had to give myself like the weekly injection or whatever. And even that I wasn't good with because I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need to do, I don't, ugh, I don't want to do this this week type of stuff, which is very poor choice on my part, but I don't know. <laughs> I That's how you But learn. then it started to like come out when I was 24, um, when I was going through divorce. And then also at that same time, you know, with all this stuff going on, people at work were like, what's going on with her? She needs an acting coach. And it just like really, I just felt like every era of my life was like falling apart. Oy. And I remember Jim Gandolfini pulled me aside and he's like, what's happening? And I was like trying to be tough and I just like started bawling and he propped me to the side. He was just like, it's okay. It's okay. He's like, every great actor I know uses a coach. I use a coach every single day. Like, it's okay. You're an adult now and you have life and you need somebody to like focus you. It's okay. So you still didn't tell him. I did. I told him then. I literally told him right then. And I was like, it's so much more than that. And he was like, tell me. I told him, first I told him I was going through divorce. And he was like, thank God, I hate him. <laughs> I was like, where was everybody? Where were the people who hated him? Right. Uh, but then he, and then I told him about my MS. And he was like, si- always silently like donating money to stuff. Um, I told him, I told Edie, I told Aida. You guys had a really lovely family. I told family. Robert, who played my brother. Yeah. 
and they kept the secret from me. And I guess it didn't affect my work physically, but clearly it was affecting it emotionally. Um, And Jim gave me his coach to work with me. And I remember her, like, she just gave me so much confidence again and just um, being able to let go of what the shit I was dealing with and also just how to use it, you know, and my work. And, you know, it's just, like I said, it was always something I was struggling with, whether I chose to struggle with it or not. And um, I, I... But isn't that struggle in general? Yeah. You either choose it or you're handed, like, it's... Yeah. 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 And so, you know, it's funny, like, you can look back at all these years and somebody could be like, wow, you've had such a great career and you have a family and you're about to have your second baby. And that is absolutely all true. But there's just also been a lot that I'm still trying to figure out. I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to be at this place where it's all perfect, but... I think very few people are. Yeah. So what do you think your biggest internal... Let's put MS inside, but what's your biggest internal struggle? Is it self-worth? Is it... It's self-worth and just allowing and the confidence in... I was talking actually about this with Ryan Weiss this morning. Um, Like, I always struggle with making the right decision. And I think it's more about just making a decision with conviction and trusting that life is going to support it. But you know what's funny is with motherhood, it's like the first thing really in my life, or at least in a long time, where I'm just super, I'm super confident in my abilities as being a mom. That's amazing. Because you know I, how many people are not? For sure. I see it all. I'm sure you do too. We have so many friends that are moms. I see so much, so a huge lack of confidence all the time, which I think is the biggest problem. I'm always telling people, just be be you. Like, you be you and you'll be a great mom. You're a great person. Exactly. And I see such a lack of confidence and then it spirals everything. Absolutely. So that's I'm amazing. Because I'm, I'm not afraid of being vulnerable in front of him. I'm not afraid of messing up in front of him. I've had moments where I feel guilty, like, oh, my God, he's four and I was just so hard on him. Or I wish I didn't yell at him. Or he pushed me to this level. But... I also then will sit and talk to him the next day and be like, hey, mommy made a mistake last night and that wasn't cool that I got upset at you. You know, I you weren't listening, but I should have been more patient because that's what mommy tells you to do and blah, blah, blah. And he'll be like, okay. And I just feel like that's actually probably a better lesson than me being this like seamlessly perfect mom all the time and him thinking that that's how he has to be. But it's interesting. It's it's huge from what you started talking about. You were taught to put a facade on the entire time and you're literally teaching your son how to be real, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. yeah. And that's so nice that you aren't repeating that same well, pattern. I'm con- definitely super conscious of it for him because I, I don't want him to ever feel an ounce of guilt. And for anything that he has done or has or whatever. And so I... It's been a huge blessing to be able to be a mom and have that area in my life, like, really give me um, a lot of confidence. And I see it. I'm super proud of him and the person that he is. And you Isn't know, it cool? You see certain things I'm sure he does that you know are because you taught him a version of that. Yeah. You know, which I think is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How's he doing with number two coming? I don't think he's full. I mean, he's four. He understands the baby in my tummy. He understands he lost his playroom because that's the new baby's room. <laughs> um, and we talk about it a lot. We talk about names and he gives us suggestions. 
But I don't. What's think the he best fully... suggestion he came up with? Are there any like <laughs> this really morning funny was ones? Eyeball. I love it. Uh, but he actually came up today. He goes Beacon, uh, Deacon, and Bennett. And we're like, oh, those are those like, are actually like names. Legit yeah. names <laughs> okay. If it was a girl, he actually picked the name that we would have used, which was Millie. So my friend just is having a baby almost the same time, and she's using milk. That's really? so funny. Yeah. Because it's a character in Team Umizumi, which is his favorite cartoon. Oh, how funny. I and love I that like, name. I was like, 100% Bo, if this is a girl, we you... will name her Millie. Oh. Um, but I don't think he's fully grasping the fact that there will be, like, Changes. another human. Like, that huge change. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he – I'm sure he'll have great days and, and bad days. And he's he doesn't even like when my husband is really affectionate with me. He's very, very attached to me. Um, but, again, another good lesson for him, I guess. It is a good lesson. It's just hard. That's going to be so hard. Yeah. Have you seen there's that picture of a woman who's hugging her toddler, like, in the hospital? Have you seen this picture? Uh-huh. I mean, you probably have hormones coursing through you, so you might not want to see it. But, like, <laughs> it's it's a woman in the hospital bed about to give birth hugging her toddler like goodbye basically like I uh, I get emotional because I'm a mom now too so I get it I am so emotional right now about that this is it's Our a, last few moments chap- is just the three of it, us. And it is. And there's no way. People can say, of course I'm you're going to be crazy. happy. Of course it's going to be beautiful. Of course. But the reality is this chapter changes. And the 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 relationship you guys have now does evolve and change. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's no, just. I so that you. to me, like as a mom seeing that picture of this woman hugging your toddler and basically I saying goodbye like to this phase oh was like. God, yes. It's heart-wrenching. Beautiful, but, like, heart-wrenching. No. I mean, you can hear my voice. I said to my husband the other night, I was like, we got to go to Disneyland. We got to – he's like, you're nine months pregnant. I was like, oh, rent the rascal. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> we've got to do all these things with him because, like, our little team is over soon. And it, I know it's In a beautiful be way, but it is – done. for it's four changes. and a half years, it's been us. And – Truthfully, when he was still playing baseball, which is not anymore, but like it was really Bo and I for so long. And so, you know. And also if if Bo really is the thing, like you said, it's the one thing in your entire life you that's given you confidence. Mm -hmm. That is very emotional for you, too, because it's like, you know, obviously he's given you a huge gift, which is amazing. So it's I get how emotional that can be. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel physically? Like, does it affect the MS at all? Like when you're pregnant? Pregnancy with Bo. I mean, in hindsight, it was, you know, like five years ago and physically I was better then than I am now. So, like, it's hard for me to truly compare the pregnancies, but I was in more of remission with – and they say a lot of people with MS, like, when you're pregnant, the symptoms go away and you feel so much better. And I did feel that way with Bo. And with this one, I felt the opposite. Ugh. And it really wrecked me. And um, I started getting really depressed. Also, because you also have to be present for – Oh, so that makes it really hard. I was, yes. And I was really depressed. I felt myself going down this like spiral and I went to my OB and she was like, how are you doing? And she could see me tearing up and she's like, what's going on? I was like, I just, I'm, I'm depressed in this pregnancy. You know, I don't feel good and it's bumming me out. Like, I don't want to feel this way. I'm trying to shake. And she said to me, she said, who are you trying to be so strong for? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, what, what? You have nothing to prove. You have so much on your plate. And I have women that have one quarter of what's on your plate and they get help. So why aren't you getting help? And so she sent me to this psychiatrist that um, really has focused his practice on 
women who are pregnant and, and then like postpartum. And I sat and I went and talked with him and I just finished, I did this thing called TMS. Have you ever heard of it? I have, but explain it. So transverse magnetic stimulation and Basically, for 36 days in a row, other than weekends, I would sit in this chair and it would something would tap this area of my brain. And prior to this, he showed me basically a scan of what my brain would look like. And let's say it's all navy blue matter and you've got like lots of yellow, whereas all the action is in your brain. And a normal person, I hate to use that word, but like you have a lot of yellow in this frontal cortex is where you're living, where you're present, where everything's happening. For me, there was maybe some speckles of yellow throughout my brain, but it was like a tennis ball in the back by my neck. And where I was living was survival, fight or flight. And it makes total sense. I mean, every day I'm worried physically about myself. And it was just every decision I made was just, I want to keep myself safe. I'm trying to get through this day. And then I want to go to bed. Like that was my life for a while. And it was terrible. And so this tapping kind of like brings, brings back. this action back to the front and not to be too candid, but I don't know what happened like a week and a half in. All I want to do is have sex with my husband be candid. all of a sudden. Like I like, it, he was like, what's happening? I was like, like, I love it. He's like, I love it. Question it. Just let it happen. And it, it did. It changed my life. And I, it, it's another lesson for me of just like, Asking for help was is always something that was like super hard for me. Why is asking for help so hard for you? I think I always had this like mentality of like fake it to make it. I'm gonna do it. Like when I was young, there would be an audition and be like, the girl needs to be on point shoes. I would never have taken lessons, ballet point lessons in my life, and I would go out and buy the shoes and just do it. I was just that girl that would like run a race that I never trained for. And like I could. Like And did people just, admire you for that? So did you start to like associate it with Yeah. Me. Yeah. And and then so and then keeping it a secret, I, like I couldn't ask for help. And I had a sense of pride about being able to do it all on my own, you know? And funny how like I've been given like a condition that really You have to have ask to. for help. And so I really thought like, oh, spiritually, I should be able to handle this and this and that. And that's when my doctor was just like, you're working really hard and it's not working. So like, go get some help. And I'm so grateful that I did because it was really, and it, you know, it's expensive, but my insurance fully covered it, which is amazing. Um, and it's, and it's, and even if it didn't, I remember my husband saying, he's like, Jamie, it's, there's this is what it's about. Yeah. This is. For your life. You're like, lucky yeah. you have it. And this is exactly right. Totally. That, it's interesting that you're saying when your doctor said, it's whatever you're doing is not working. So, because I say that all the time. I mean, we evolve constantly. So even if it's something as because dealing with MS and pregnancy and depression versus just everyday stuff and people, because people ask us here at the den too, like, well, you have all these different classes. Why don't you just have one lineage? And I say, honestly, I think people change constantly. And even just day to day, sometimes you just need something new. So how have you found like your, like how you've been treating yourself or self-care or even spirituality for yourself yeah. has evolved? So I did this exercise where I saw myself in 30 years and I kind of meditated on it. And I just went through this like my perfect day in the night, in 30 years, which is a long time. For it now. is a long because time. Basically it's like the life I've lived now and so much has happened. So, so much could happen. 
And then and your kids will be out of the house. I know. They'll have <laughs> their own kids. And maybe a grandma. Uh, and then I took that and then I wrote it out. And then I went sentence by sentence. This is something Ryan taught me. And I wrote what I w- was feeling during each one. So it's like, oh, I feel healthy. I feel excited. I feel sexual. I feel proud. I feel and so I, and I then I tallied how many words I repeated the most. And then I've got like my core words. And in the morning you wake up and you'll they're basically your barometer. Like, oh, today like I feel connected to those. And so I'm gonna kind of go with my day and let it flow. But there's lots of days you wake up and I'm like, ugh. Would you I share feel, those words? Sure. Um, it's happy, healthy, excited, proud, content, at peace, confident. Um, I think the, that's those the, the core. gist of them. Um, and there's many days that I don't feel really associated with them. And so I try and figure out what I can do to feel associated with them so like oh today I might have to do a little bit more for myself some self-care or just some moments to like remind myself whatever it may be that I can do to really try and connect to these words because whether that moment that I pictured in 30 years happens or not it's sometimes you'll you'll come out of a meditation and just feel so happy that whether it manifests physically in this this plane or not I just experienced it basically. Right. So does it matter? No. What is like the biggest revelation you've had during a meditation? That. Wow. That. That I remember I, I came out and I was like, I just felt what it felt like to like be on this big movie and 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 feel super confident in my work and not worry about myself physically and walk from here to there and do everything and come home to my family. And that was that was a thing awesome day and and wonderful and it happened like who's to say that it didn't absolutely just happen. happen and so that was like a big revelation for me that is a huge revelation so i don't have the attachment i guess so much to like i've always struggled with that with like writing it down and like looking at it the vision boards and like feeling like what i'm it's not happening but like that attachment, I think, is what's keeping it from not happening. Right? I agree. It's funny. I feel like I struggle sometimes with the vision boarding thing, too, because I feel like I love the idea. Because what you, I think what you do with Ryan is so great, too, putting the emotion behind it. Because, A, you're making it come to life. Yeah. And you're taking it to the next step of, but what do I really want from what I'm picturing? Like, what do There's I really want? Because how you picture it is not necessarily how it's going to come. But it doesn't mean you're not going to get it. It's the same thing like we say with parents, like people, you know, I, I, I say it all the time. I adopted my child and I tell any woman who's struggling, I'm like, you have to remember if you do you want to be a parent, because if you want to be a parent, you can absolutely be a parent. You just have to let go of the attachment of how that's going to look. But it doesn't mean you're not going to have those same feelings or get to the same place. So it's always that's I, so I think it's so amazing that yeah. you had that revelation of being able to make the picture, not everything, Yeah. but trying to strive for those emotions because exactly. emotions are everything and we can have those emotions. It just might look very differently than we thought it was going to look. Exactly. I mean, in the end of the day, we want to just feel content and at the end and, and happy and happy. And so I felt that during those 20 minutes and no one can take that away from Nobody me. Nobody can take that away from you at all. That's really, 
That's amazing. So it feels like, what do you feel like is the hardest struggle for you? Is it the physical yeah. ailments or do you think it's the spirituality or the internal stuff? <sighs> well, I mean, I guess it's a little bit of both, but I was, you know, I just feel like I have like a minute by minute, like reminder or not, or, or just minute by minute, like physical, like attack on what I'm trying to do the exact opposite of and so it's like I'm trying to feel like I'm healthy and I'm healing and I'm I'm where I need to be and and, but when your body isn't moving the way you are intending it to move it's it's hard it's really hard to push past that um but I guess sometimes I just try and think that if there is a day I pray that I don't have that like just the level of joy that I will feel of just like that we take for granted and that I took for granted of just being able to like choose to move somewhere and having it be effortless is just such a beautiful blessing and so I think I try and focus on what is a blessing that maybe I might be taking for granted at this moment it sounds like so you and I like that you call him Jim were very close then yeah, I mean, ever, we were all very close, but it's it's funny. We had this, like, level of closeness where you, you knew there was so much love and support there, but we weren't, like, talking every day or hanging out every day. It was, like, really everybody went home to their own lives. It was, like, as if you were working kind of in an office place. Right. Like, it wasn't, like... Sometimes it can be, like, super family yeah, and, like, and almost high school age. Yeah, I was right. show, too, you know? But that... But there was like an unwavering level of support from everyone at all times. And you knew that if you ever needed any single person in that cast or crew, that they would do it. Now, when he passed away, I mean, that must be interesting for you too, because you were so young when you were diagnosed. And I'm sure it felt like this curse or, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Um, But, and then to see him pass away so suddenly, I mean, Mm -hmm. right. It was, heart attack right it's yeah. just suddenly does that did that make you look at things how how was that for you I was I was seven and a half months pregnant when he passed away I had seen him two months prior um and he was in such a good place mm. he was so happy he just had a baby girl um he loved his wife his son was great is great um it was just it felt it was just it was so layered I mean I mean obviously you first of just like the shock that somebody's just gone like so fast like that um and also too I mean the Sopranos was like such a chapter in everyone's life but like if I look at like it's like my 10 like most formative years of my life from 16 to 26 and I went through so much and like he was the sun and we were all the planets around him do you know what I mean like and it just really felt like the end of a chapter like him passing was like really just I and mean, when we went when I went to his funeral it was so surreal because to look around the room and everyone that's in the cast and whatever how many times had we all dressed in black and shot a funeral scene I mean every season you had a rack of right. funeral clothes because you don't know how many you're going to be in that season and like to see that it was like he was there like the patriarch him. of like this experience um it was so surreal that is surreal so many levels um but I have like 
I don't know like necessarily what to truly believe because I also had a brother three years ago that passed away very suddenly and I have like oddly like a lot of peace around it. I have a lot of peace around death. It's not something, I mean, it's something that's devastating and sad, but when I, once I process through that, um, I just have like a lot of. Do you think part of that is also, so your brother passed away three years ago Mm -hmm. and you've already been doing a lot of like your own work at that point. So do you think that's part of it? Like a perspective you have on whether it be the universe or your connection with them in the first place. And I just feel like it's like a story, like for my brother, for instance, he had a a brain aneurysm. Oh, so that is so sudden. And he was 41 years old. And um, in hindsight, like he was complaining about headaches and his face was like looking swollen a little bit. But my brother, he did. He was engaged, but he didn't want to get married. He didn't want to have kids. He was like Peter Pan. He had terrible OCD that plagued his life, and he was doing better with it. But, like, I could feel like there were stressors of life that come with being in your 40s that were starting to happen and responsibility that, like, he just wasn't. He's like, I'm not built for this. Yeah. And the where, like, the crossing of the veins and stuff in his brain where the doctors had told us after you know whether it made anyone feel better or not was if he came in two weeks ago and we get it did an MRI it was completely inoperable like it was in the exact perfectly wrong place and I when he said that to us I just felt like this was Adam's story like he was born with that and this was his story and as devastating as it is for us to all lose him. Like, I just think he didn't feel pain and I'm grateful for that. And we had him for like six days in a coma where we were talking to him and he, um, I truly think like gave us moments of squeezing hands or tears when we all got to have sleepovers and spend our nights there. And, um, like I said, as devastating as it was, I, I I don't know why I have the most peace about it than anybody, but I just feel like it was the end of his story. It's He didn't aspire to have any more than what he had. I think I've talked about this on here. Do you, Have you ever studied Byron Katie or Mm-mm. she said something that has always made it very easy for me to look at too? Not easy. Again, it's the worst yeah. word, but she says that too, where it's just because she lost a daughter, which obviously we know is like the worst thing. I'm sure your mom is still struggling. Yeah. Um, and... I think she was like fighting with Oprah about it, which is kind of hilarious. And Oprah's like, you can't tell me you're just happy. She's like, no, I'm always happy. Like it was just this funny yeah. like Buddha fighting with like Oprah type of thing. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. And um, she said no, because it's the, her story. Her chapter just, that's where her chapter ends. It was always written that way. Like that's just how she believes. She's like, it was always written that way. And that's where it ends. And so yes, for those of us left, it's our emotions, but it's not up to me to be sad about it or up to me to be rejoice about it. It's up to me to love what I had. It was really beautiful. Yeah. And the way she said it, I was like, wow, like it was, I get, I got it. Like I, I yeah. totally understood that she wasn't lying or bullshitting, that she was totally at peace with that was her daughter's life. Like, and that's just what was written for her. And that's exactly, she's like, it ended exactly when it was supposed to end. I think, too, in the end of the day, like, none of us really know anything. Nothing. And the purpose of what we're talking about and healers across the world and religion even, it's just, it's whatever is going to help you get through life Mm -hmm. best and help you feel your best and be the best person you can be. Whatever serves you is right. And I think that 
you know, because my, cause my other brother that's alive, like, struggles with, like, my feelings about it. And I tell him, I was like, I'm not right and you're not wrong. I'm not going to feel wrong because I don't cry as much as you do. But the if if that's what you feel like you need to do to, like, honor him, that's okay. Absolutely. And, and this is mine. And so I think that. But don't compare it. You can't. That's the thing. You yeah. just can't compare your journeys with other people. But you can help try to inspire those that are struggling to give them maybe this works for me and it could work for you. I like I've been through to so many healers too. I mean like of just trying anything I could. Of to course. People telling me this person's a miracle worker this. And I truly feel like in the end of the day I thought about this when I left one healer that like I just didn't wasn't feeling anything from him and other people have said he was like the best person and like could do anything. These people are here and I think we have truly the power to heal mm-hmm. ourselves and these people are here to help us and it's just a matter of like I might just not have found that you have to find person your helper. Yeah. That's like a sign for me. Yeah, you know what I mean and and that's okay because I think I still have a lot to work through until because I think for a long time even though what I wanted more than anything and what I still want more than anything is to live a life without MS, I think there's a deep-rooted part of me that's terrified to let it go because I'm so associated with it. And I worked on, did worked in this, I didn't work, I appeared in this documentary my friend made called Heal. Have you seen it or heard Mm-mm. about it? My friend Kelly Gores did it and she talks to all these different healers all over the world and she worked with this guy, Rob, and she had me come to like a healing session at her house in Malibu. And she said, can I put this in the documentary? And I was like, yes, of course. And some random woman I follow on Instagram for like skincare, because like I'm obsessed with how like she takes care of her skin, <laughs> is friends with Kelly too, and was Insta-storying parts of it. And she snapshotted a picture of me and I recognized myself. And she said, this is so sad. This girl doesn't know who she is without being sick, which is what I said during the documentary. And I looked at it and it made me so angry. Not at her anything of just being like, that is not who I want to, to be, be known as anymore. Or, right. But it was such a gift, I thought, because it was like you an saw opportunity it for me to like really like look at like wouldn't you always just want to like see what you see? I think it'd be like, a little scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was just like, oh. That's the way I've been existing, despite like me being strong and fighting this and and working so hard. That's truly where I'm at is I don't know who I am without being sick. So if someone could use three words to describe you, what do you want them to be? <sighs> kind. Um, passionate. And strong. I would use all those words to describe you. I would, absolutely. But that is amazing that you had that mirror because it just this just happened three days ago, by the way. Oh shit. And I was like, whoa. I was like, maybe this is the conviction that I need to really push me past this. Not to say like this is gonna be like the answer and like I'm all of a sudden gonna heal. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But like I'm so done being that girl that I've been for so long. It's just, it's just she served me in some way, but like, I just, I do know who I am without being sick. Cause I wasn't sick my whole life. And, right. you know, and when I meditate and when I'm in those places, 
I'm not. And so I do know. I I have to stop saying that. That's great. And you tap into it all the time. So that is amazing. And it's funny. And you spent so much time ignoring it and avoiding it. So for it to change that then you were living only in it. Yeah. Yeah. I had a therapist once sit me, have two chairs and have me sit in one and say, and switch back and forth. And he was like, um, ask your MS question. And I was like, okay. I was like, why won't you leave? And he's like, okay, go in the other chair. Now answer. And I was like, I don't, you don't know who you are without me. And it was like such a huge moment because I was like, whoa, like I had no idea that, that I that was even feeling that way. Did you ask other questions? That was it. That's all I knew. Literally. I mean, that's a big one. That was like, I was like, I don't think I have anything else. He's like, that's all, yeah, that's what I was hoping you were going to get to, basically. By the way, you should write a book of like the tools that have worked for you because so many things you've said today are incredible. Well, they're all been, I feel like the bricks building. that I'm like building like whatever it is. But they're beautiful and they're such incredible tools yeah. that everyone can use for everything, like yeah. everyday life and loss. It's just about getting through it. Like I, I like it's I think about, about it all who the time. you are and loving yourself. Totally. And that's like, I mean, that's the whole point of this show. I say it all the time is love yourself, know who you are, figure out your authenticity, what that means. And life just gets clear. It doesn't get perfect, doesn't get easy, but it does get easier and it gets clear and you just you see what you need to do. I feel like your path just becomes a little bit clearer. And yeah. that's just helpful for anyone. Yeah. And you can veer from the path sometimes and Absolutely. then something brings you right back. And I, I think that so many times we want to hear the stories of people that are like on the other side. And I just feel like I don't know if like you're ever on the other side. No, I think you're, you're always, always just... you're always evolving. And but yeah, I've, it's funny. I've always said it too because I'm like anyone who really – knows anyone like anyone who's close to someone who look is perceived as being on the other side knows there's shit going on there's always shit going on yeah whether it's as simple as like fighting with their husband or boyfriend or work's not great whatever it is there's always stuff going on from little to gigantic yeah that people are struggling with yeah yeah and I feel like I think when I came out about the MS I felt like I was gonna need to share everything and now I just I don't feel that pressure anymore like I feel like if people really need to know, an opportunity is going to come for me to share. But um, I, I don't want to focus on it all the time. I don't want to talk about it all the time. I'm sure. You know, it's not. It's not everything that you do. It's not everything who you are. Exactly. Exactly. But at the same time, I'm happy to because I, I know that I was once the girl that was like desperate for anyone to talk about it. So I didn't feel like. But it's so funny, and talking about it with you today, too, I feel like for me, it's been so much more what's been interesting and so helpful for anyone is just, like you said, someone learning that they deserve it and what that means and deserve happiness and deserve confidence and Let deserve peace. Okay. Oh, great. This is probably a perfect thing. But to it's me, so that's short. like, it's like MS equals that to me. It's like MS equals struggle that people deal with every day. And I'm not well, diminishing it to you. No, right. Exactly. But it's like that to me is what's so beautiful about having that conversation is there's a universality of whether someone has this disease or not, that they can relate to everything you're saying. Like it's it's like you're put on this earth like being an angel. I've called you an angel many times. Exactly. I have. But you are. And I feel like that's what I love. I feel like we're getting all these amazing angels around now. Yeah. It's incredible. But yes, please read Do us. Do you know the wisdom of Florence Gobbleshin? I don't. But oh my God, you have, have to read, read this. this. Okay. So it's basically about the power of the spoken word and all of that kind of stuff. But literally I I because if you can see like it's it's dog-eared and like highlighted like everywhere 
Those but are my favorite books. I went through it this morning because when you wrote me that email, bring something. I went through it and it landed on this. And I was like, oh, this is, this is it in a nutshell. So basically, this is what I try and tell myself on a constant basis. Is nothing is too good to be true. Nothing is too wonderful to happen. Nothing is too good to last. And that's just like really just where when those like feelings of not feeling like you deserve it or not feeling worthy or that you've already asked for too much or like the balance of life. If you have this, then you shouldn't have this. Like no one deserves to struggle. No one deserves anything negative or bad in their lives. You know, it's just... I tr- I truly take responsibility and I believe that I manifested this condition because for a long time, like I said, I prayed for something, something and I got it. Um, and I really just hope one day it'll just be a chapter for me to look back on and say, remember when that was a struggle, remember, but also it's truly making me who I am and I think who I'm meant to be that I would not have ever, ever even touched on without it. Well, I'll say I've only known you while you've had it, whether I've known it or not. And I've loved you from the second I've met you. You've always been that for me. So in a weird way, like I'm thankful it's part of you because that's the person I've always known. Sure, sure. So thank you for that. And thank you for chatting with us and being so open and honest. And you were honestly, it's, I think, really helpful for a lot of people to listen to. And like I said, you should put like compile a book together because the amount of advice you just distilled today alone. (laughs) I feel like I was probably all over the place. No, no, not at all. But I mean, you really do have so many actually good exercises, like things people can do every single day. I feel like you gave us like four of them that are like just really practical tools. I'm just learning. And it's amazing. And it's a lives from Ryan and Kelsey. Yep. Who I work with too. And you just, like you say, you, you make, you find this like community. It, like it, it truly, um, they they fall in your lap yeah um when you're open to it and it's there's no right or wrong in getting through life it's just finding what works for you thank you so much thank you